0: Welcome to episode six of "Didn't Know," a podcast about things you never knew you wanted to know. I'm Alessio Danini, joined by my friend and co-host Brad Ball. Brad, it's been a while, but we're back. Yeah, we're back. Feels so good. And speaking of a while and and time as a concept, we're about to get a little uh, a little philosophical and a little bit uh. We're, we're, we're gonna cross into existential crisis territory I think a little bit for this podcast um, time what do you think about time Brad you know you're opening up a big bucket of forms when we're talking
1: about time here but uh, let's get into the topic and uh, to start let's just take a look at how long that I guess you could say our universe has existed So, if we compress the past 13.8 billion years since the Big Bang into a single calendar year, then each month is a little over 1 billion years, and each day is a little less than 40 million years, and a single hour is relative to nearly 2 million years. It wasn't until nine months in, September 21st, on our cosmic calendar, that the first organism existed on Earth's surface. And it wasn't until late at night, on New Year's Eve, that one tiny change led to the start of our human evolution. And in the very last second of our cosmic calendar, humans now covered every mile of the planet. So we have really only existed for a sliver of time that we've been around. And this goes to show how little humans have inhabited the planet for, and the effect that time has on everything so yeah so uh, like
0: we're, we're basically just like insignificant is what you're saying <laughs> absolutely
1: just like a, the tiniest
0: tiniest crumb
1: on a floor of uh the entire world that's that's uh, that's humans on the time the scale of our timeline
0: yeah i feel like a bit of a crumb that's fair especially after that I, i'm 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 definitely um it's definitely shocking you'd think we'd at least be like a couple hours you know but (laughs) you (laughs) think so
1: coming from uh, humans point of view you'd really think so you know we even thought that we were the center of our universe but um, as time passes uh, only the opposite goes to show and so if we wanted to make some predictions into the future Um, You know, what will we see will fewer people be eating meat will everyone be focusing on eco-friendly and sustainable alternatives will artificial intelligence replace the need for workers and drivers is a new season of black mirror going to be out only time can tell. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) I had to slip that one in there. I miss black mirror so much and uh, they don't release long enough and I feel like for this wacky episode it's only fair to reference that creepy sci-fi series so let's jump right into it Um, if we just wanted to take a quick glimpse into the 10 years of our future this is a study from 2015 thanks to uh, United Nations so the world's population will reach 8.5 billion which is a 15 percent increase from 2015 to 2030 India will surpass China and become the world's most populous nation the number of mega cities in our world will may double by the end of twenty thirty, with nearly two thirds of humanity living in urban centers now, and more than a billion people on our planet will be over the age of sixty five. Talk about a bunch of old people.
0: So like a lot a lot changes, obviously. Um more than a billion people over the age of sixty five. I mean, I guess that has to do I mean it, it could have to do with um with what we talked about in our first episode or was that our first episode? Maybe not. I don't remember anymore. Uh, when we talked about, um, CRISPR and, and it's, it's potential to, to affect aging. Um, but like those are even less than CRISPR. I
1: mean, it's not just CRISPR DNA technology, but even just simple sanitation
0: and, and sanitation and, and, uh, medical care and, and exactly people aging in general, um, that's absolutely insane, though.
1: So that's just a small glimpse of the statistics of what our planet will look like in the year 2030. And so uh, even already, I'm struggling to grasp what um, things will be happening, uh, the way our government will function, just everything. And there's so many questions. And so uh, let's try to go a bit deeper and explain.
0: How about that? Sounds like a good plan. And, and, and you know, I actually, I, I've actually... Got your back when it comes to uh to talking about um especially the the future uh, not not only the short term but also the long term because um the way I look at it one sad thing to think about when it comes to the future and and what may happen is um the things that are gonna exist events that'll happen um concepts that will understand or maybe still not understand long after every person on earth has, has passed on. Right. So like the things that, that we'll never be able to experience and understand it's possible that today, no one who's currently alive will, will ever understand how the universe works or how life began or how dreams work or how the brain works fully where antimatter is. Um, if there's a Uh, pattern to find prime numbers, all of that stuff. Uh, And on top of that, nobody today is going to see any of the crazy cosmic light shows brought by supernovas and galaxy mergers and earth-changing events that that will happen in the future. So I actually just kind of wanted to go through a few of those and um, start with an example, because I like examples. And um, this is an example to kind of help you and everyone really understand how ridiculous of a concept time is. So as we know, the earth um, orbits around the sun once per year. That's that's how we got our definition of a year. That's how we measure that time period. So think about this. Since Neptune was discovered in 1846, um, we won't have observed its second full orbit of the sun until the year 2170 which is like that's a crazy amount of time right when you think about that
1: that's so far away but at the same time you can get even larger so in the grand scheme of things it's not that far away
0: oh not even close i mean i mean a hundred years even um is, is nothing, right? This is going to happen in, in around 149 years from from 2021. And 149 years is absolutely nothing, as we're going to see in a second. So I'm going to go through some fun ones and some less fun ones. Um, so we'll start with uh, the next one. And we're going to go in a chronological order, because that makes sense to me. So in the year 3183, the time pyramid will be completed. So basically what that is, is a set of blocks that are placed um, at a rate of one every 10 years. There's going to be a total of 120 blocks and three of them have been placed since 1993. And in, in, uh, in 1200 years, they're going to, uh, kind of come together to form a pyramid um, and and that's really just a way for the artist to and yeah it's it's a piece of public art um it's a way for the artist to show how um, insignificant the individual human life is compared to time and and to also to show on a, on a less um, sad note um how amazing the passage of time is as a concept um, more on the note of human um human accomplishment and things that humans are doing that that you know we won't see the fruits of for for thousands of years in the year um 8113 the crypt of civilization will be opened um so this is basically a room sized um this is a room sized time capsule that was sealed before world war 2 in 1939 and it contains kind of like an idea of what life was like back then um so just just to think about Brad like if you think about opening stuff a, a time capsule full of stuff from like 1939 that's like ri- ridiculous right that would be so cool right
1: it would be cool my thought that when i first thought about a time capsule was like what isn't there you know, in a history textbook or on the internet that you wouldn't be able to see that far back. But the way Alessio explained it to me after criticizing a time capsule was that you have these physical objects in front of you, and because of the amount of time and history that there is by the year 81 eight thirteen, you know, who's to say that... Uh, something as small as like a quack toy back in 1983 uh, would have been significant to somebody in the year 8113. So um, now I think if I was really trying to put myself in the shoes of someone 8,000 years from now, it's pretty hard to do, but I'm going to try. I think it would be cool to walk into this room that's thousands of years old and find, you know, a Lincoln Law cabin.
0: Yeah. And, 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 yeah, it, it's, it's that idea that, like you like we both kind of alluded to it would be so cool to walk into that now and 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 not only cool but uh so informative to walk into that now in 2021 but just imagine the 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 amount of time from now until year 8000 it, it really kind of puts into perspective how how much um time means to us and and how little time can seem like a lot of time, at least if we're talking, um, how humans perceive things versus the grand scheme of time over the course of the universe's lifespan. Right. So, so, you know, there are voice recordings of Stalin, uh, Hitler, Franklin D Roosevelt, the Popeye Popeye, the sailor, uh, there's Lincoln logs, there's other toys, there's books, scientific instruments. So future societies can see how we did things, um, TVs, phones, all of that little time jump. 13,000 years, um, the earth's axes, uh, the, the tilt that, that the axis that we're tilted on will actually be reversed, which means, uh, summer and winter will happen on opposite sides of the earth's orbit. And in, in the Northern hemisphere, um, things will be a lot more, uh, intense. So your winters will be much colder. Your summers will be much hotter. Um, and it'll all around kind of be a bad time. So, so now moving another 2000 years ahead um, is when we kind of start to get into the really cool stuff. So this is stuff that, you know, nobody alive today has any hope of ever experiencing, which is sad, but um, it's, it's really interesting to see how different things will be in the future. So in 15,000 years, the Sahara desert will actually um, kind of complete a full, it'll go full circle um, because the Sahara desert actually used to be a tropical Climate, um, and it's going to go back to that because of the Earth's poles moving and shifting, um, and it hasn't been tropical since about five to ten thousand years ago. Um, in twenty-four thousand years, uh, you know, children and families will finally be able to come back to the Chernobyl exclusion zone um, because it's going to return to normal radiation levels. I want
1: to just say, I think as much as that shows uh, how time has no regard for human life, it's also absolutely crazy how much radiation was poured out during the Chernobyl incident to see that in 24,000 years, it will finally return to normal levels. Like, that's insane.
0: Well, the funny thing about that, actually, is that is that as far as radiation goes, that, that's standard, obviously, right, mathematically. Uh radioactive materials, they don't give a shit about your, your time, you know? Um, and it kind of ties back into that idea of like, uh, not really insignificance, but indifference that, that the universe kind of has to us, uh, because things, things happen and, and, you know, 24,000 years in in the grand scheme of things, that's a, that's a drop in the bucket, you know, that's nothing. Um, in 50,000 years, this isn't really, um, cool or like exciting or or something that you wouldn't want to miss out on, but, but it's interesting. Um, because the moon, um, exerts, uh, tidal forces on the earth, just as we exert gravitational forces on the moon here on earth, um, a leap second will have to be added to every day. So one of the hours out of every day, your guess is as good as mine as to which hour, but one of them is going to have an extra second in 100,000 years. So big jump, uh, double the amount. Um, Mars might've finally been terraformed by us. So that means breathable oxygen rich atmosphere using, uh, plants similar to what we have on earth. Um, the temperature won't be quite there because of, um, just the Mars's position in relation to the sun. But, but, um, you know, part of what an atmosphere does is heat things up. I mean, as we're saying on earth now, unfortunately, um, But the point is, you know, that's something I would like to see, but you know, it's not going to happen and I'm going to have to accept that, but it would be so cool. It would be so cool to see Mars terraformed, breathable. You can just go to Mars and take off your helmet and breathe in the atmosphere. It's just absolutely crazy. So in 1 million years, if humanity isn't extinct, uh, we could have colonized the entire Milky Way. So that's assuming that we can travel at at 10% of light speed, which, um, we're nowhere near, (laughs) obviously, but a lot can change in 1 million years, of course, or or even in in 10 years, um, for that matter. But in in 1 million years, if humanity isn't extinct, we could have colonized the entire Milky Way galaxy, assuming we could travel at 10 percent of light speed. And where it gets even more interesting is that in 2 million years, humans from separate parts of the galaxy could be so different to the point where they would actually be considered different species which is even more mind-blowing when you think of it because of how evolution works of course humans on a planet with 150 um, percent Earth's gravity will 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 have stronger bones and and will you know have different physical characteristics than people who are born on a planet with you know, say 75% earth's gravity who, you know, people with born on planets like that won't even be able to go to the, those other planets because the gravity would crush them. Right. And so, you know, with what we know about evolution, things are just going to completely change. Um, in 100 million years, um, unfortunately technological civilization will be over or that's, that's, uh, by the most optimistic models, some say sooner, some say a hundred thousand years, some say, uh, you know, 3 million years, but the most optimistic model says 100 million years, which I can get behind. I'm an optimistic guy. I'd prefer to believe that humanity can survive a hundred million years rather than a hundred thousand. Um, and here's where it gets really depressing. Not trying to make anyone sad or depress anyone, obviously, but the point is, um, you know, time goes on, things change. Um, And, you know, this next one, which is in 500 to 600 million years is still a drop in the bucket, almost meaningless. Okay. So in that time span, the earth is slowly going to start to become uninhabitable because of the luminosity of the sun increasing by very little, just by around 1%, but oceans are slowly going to start to evaporate. Photosynthesis will slowly become impossible over millions of years. And by 2.8 billion years, all life on earth will have died out. Um, That's because of the sun's expansion as it dies. So after that, Mars um, will probably become pretty similar to earth in surface temperature. And, um, it gets worse. (laughs) So what are you feeling? Are you having an existential crisis yet, Brad? Because I mean, I already did all this research, but like I'm already starting to have one again.
1: (laughs) I'm already lost in just like the grand depth of time. You started getting to millions of years and then I was like, okay, yeah, this is absolutely impossible for anybody to exist for. But then now we're into the billions of years. So just hit me with absolutely everything you have now, please. End it.
0: Well, there are some actually cool things. So, so in four point five billion years, the Andromeda galaxy will collide with the Milky Way. Um, not that anybody will be living on Earth, but but um, people anywhere in the Milky Way galaxy. Which you know, uh, if we make it there, it's it's technically possible that we could escape Earth and go somewhere else. So, uh, the Andromeda galaxy, which is the closest galaxy to Earth, will it um, is currently moving towards us very fast, actually. Um, obviously with the, the of space and how large the distances between astronomical bodies, uh, are, um, it's going to take 4.5 billion years. But at that point, um, any humans alive in the galaxy or anyone alive in the galaxy, whether they be human or not, will be treated to the most amazing, um, constant light show that you could have, you could ever imagine. Um, hope somebody takes a picture yeah (laughs) even even in the years just before or or the the millions of years just before imagine looking out into the night sky and just seeing a galaxy just like fill the entire sky how friggin' cool would that be dude like come on
1: even just the millions of years leading up to it yeah just like being side by side it's kind of just like hmm uh are getting pretty close there
0: yeah so so what's going to happen with that is is they will collide um most of the stars will actually you know there's i think it was a one in 100,000 chance that the earth will be um ejected from the galaxy which won't actually um affect the solar system because of how things work i mean the star our star will be ejected from the galaxy but um point being they're gonna merge into a mega galaxy called milk which is you know scientists at their naming conventions again great name guys but but the point is it, it'll be you know absolutely mind-blowing and awe-inspiring and i i wish i could see that but unfortunately i don't have five point or i don't have 4.5 billion years to wait around um man who's got a phd and comes with up, comes up with the name milk i know right I mean, at least it's simple, right? At least it's, it's so, it's so basic that you can't really, you can't really be mad at the guy.
1: (laughs) There's no getting that
0: wrong. It just makes sense, I guess. Um, so, so in 7.59 billion years, the earth and the moon will be consumed by the sun. So there, you know, that sounds awesome, right? Are you excited? (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. So, so the earth and the moon, you know, as the sun, um, burns through its energy, uh, it'll become more luminous and it'll, it'll also, uh, expand because the, uh, the, the gravity, uh, within it won't be enough to hold it together. Um, so it will expand and it will completely engulf us and that'll be cool and all. But, um, what's even more cool is that in 8 billion years, the sun will collapse in on itself or will begin to collapse in on itself and it'll become a white dwarf, which will eventually end hundreds of billions of years, burn out, and become a black dwarf, which is basically, as far as I understand it, just an unbelievably dense ball of iron floating in space. So, all of this is to say, shit's crazy, first of all, of course. Second of all, um, there's there's so much that we're not going to experience. There's so much. And whether some of it is cool and some of it isn't is, is, is besides the point. But, but the point is time is so expansive and, and just like it's, we're such a, we're such a small sliver of it that all this like world changing and world destroying <laughs> stuff will happen. And, and you know, will each individual person who's alive today will just be, um, a sliver of that on, on, on any graph, um, probably not even visible when it comes to graphing out time. So, you know, stuff like the Sahara um, becoming tropical and, and, you know, supernova explosions that we won't see and, and being able to return to Chernobyl and, and all of that. um, It's, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of get bummed out because um, you won't be able to experience these things, but I mean, Brad. Um, Brad has some some ways to uh, to explain away some of the sadness. But first, we're going to get even into even more sadness, which I'm super excited about. Um, but first, we got a little bit of in between. So, Brad, you were talking about items of the past, and and um, some of them seem pretty interesting and, and, and kind of shocking, I think to a lot of people, because some of them are very, um, you know, things that even physical objects that we're so used to. So, so, and, and we couldn't really see life without. So I'm, I'm curious about that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like you said, uh, some of it is shocking because it's such a daily. It's such a part of our daily um, routine that we wouldn't think that uh, things would have changed. But also, there's some of this that uh, doesn't come as a shock at all, and uh, we're actually really already in the transformation towards it already. So let's get started with. Um, cash and also plastic credit cards. So cash has been dying quite quickly, um, but another form of payment that won't be around to even see 2030 will be physical credit cards. Um, Because right now, currently, people are ditching plastic and going digital from options such as Apple, Samsung, and Android Pay right from your phone and products like Square, which make it possible for even the tiniest vendors and businesses to accept digital payments. So uh, you've probably seen Square before. It's that tiny, tiny white square um, mm-hmm. that uh, probably the smallest of business owners have, and uh, that makes it possible for them to take payments anywhere, anytime, without any bit of cash or a cash register or change. And so uh, payments might full well be digital um, by 2030.
0: This uh, this program is not sponsored by Square.
1: not sponsored by square because they are paypal and paypal needs to pay any kind of promotion so don't go with square just don't Next up, uh, we have cords and chargers, which uh, can usually be frustrating, especially the more that you have of them. They just get tangled, lost, eaten by your pet, whatever. Um, So everyone knows how effective Bluetooth is, um, and this change has obviously already begun. So although it hasn't banished all wires just yet, chances, chances are that at the very least Every accessory in your household that requires a cord right now will be gone and swapped out for either Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, or NFC technology. So some of it is still quite expensive to get your hands on absolutely everything, but um, as we've seen with computer storage and other tech tech inventions, uh, these things do get cheaper over time and eventually they will be everywhere. Another item, uh, just as I mentioned, is physical storage drives, and so these are things such as CDs, DVDs, USBs, and even portable hard drives. They're becoming irrelevant with cloud storage existing and only becoming cheaper and cheaper. So this one is a bit questionable for me, I want to hear your opinion to Alessio, but it's because of how frequently I use portable hard drives for my job. Uh, they store videos and photos. and sometimes I bring them absolutely everywhere with me just so it's a real quick upload it's safe on there I can delete my SD card and then continue shooting so um, although I understand uh, the other three being obsolete such as CDs DVDs and even USBs to a point we're starting to see those leave already Um, but uh, there are plenty of options for cloud storage, uh, the most popular being Google Drive and Dropbox already. Um, and so a lot of people have large expectations moving forward uh, for the future of cloud storage. But uh, I have to ask do you think that this storage alternative can be safe as physical copies, though? I mean, uh, we've seen some issues with cloud storage leaks before, and um, I think people have some uh, really deep like feelings of privacy with some of the things that they end up putting on storage so i think physical drives might be around to stay for a little bit but what do you think about that alessio
0: i've more or less i've drank the kool-aid more or less um when it comes to cloud storage and i've kind of accepted that that it's the way things are going hell i mean i think it's even extremely useful i mean obviously for for certain things um like the Google Drive that you and I use to to upload our, our clips and stuff to or the um hundred gigabytes of drive storage I have and I use for my remote work, right? It's it's super useful. Um but I do worry about security and I really try not to put anything sensitive on there because of the security concerns. Um I honestly, I, I don't know enough about, um, cryptography and, um, and, and security networks and, and stuff like that to, to really have a informed opinion. But, but, uh, you know, my human reaction is, um, no, my human reaction is it, it's, it's always going to be safer to have physical storage. Um, but then again, um, you know, if you look at, for example, uh, credit card skimmers, um, you know, the information that's held on your credit card is, is the same type of information technically as, um, what you would store on a USB or a a hard drive. Um, and, and those can be skimmed wirelessly. Um, so, so really what it comes down to for now is, is I'm going to look at like what the big companies do. I know that a lot of government agencies that, that are concerned with safety and a lot of big companies, like for example, IBM and, um, and Intel and NASA, um, still actually store stuff on tape because it's very, it's very compact and it's, um, it's very, uh, easy to, to keep safe and, uh, it doesn't deteriorate very quickly and it, um, it can store a lot of information. So, you know, until those big companies move to cloud storage as their primary uh, source of, of storage space, I'm, I'm probably not going to be down to well, you know, we'll see. It it could be it it could be safe. I mean, I know Apple's um, um, you know, encryption system is is extremely safe to the point where not even Apple <laughs> really knows how it works. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm just gonna go with what the big guys are doing right now because they have the most to lose. So that's that's how I feel about that.
1: Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good point is waiting to see uh, what the big guys do with all that information that they hold. And, you know, there's just such a large bulk of information that if they were to go cloud storage, then I think that's a good sign for a lot of things. But uh, something else with your explanation that I think applies to everything that I just talked about is that there's advantages and disadvantages to every single uh, piece of technology that we're kind of advancing to. So it's really up to each individual's own Um, perception of these inventions and you know hopefully people can get with the times but uh, I think you know not to cause hatred to anybody I would understand if um, things like Bluetooth or wireless technology comes as quite a struggle Uh, so a couple more items that I want to just throw out there as items that won't likely exist until 2030 are things like cable TV and cinema due to the very popular streaming video on demand such as Disney Plus Netflix Prime HBO there's absolutely so many options out there now that cable TV just can't compete with that Um, um, zoos, due to ethical reasons, but also due to VR technology, giving viewers and um, I guess zoo owners many more possibilities with uh, the immersion of your experience, as well as some educational properties. Um, physical keys. Now, this might be shocking, but once again, everything really is going digital, and so um, between smart software such as that, like doorbells that have the video cameras, those will just uh, keep getting more popular and. Eventually, people just won't need physical keys to get into their home, and it may even be safer to have digital entry into your home. Um, and lastly, new combustion engine vehicles might not be as popular or just might not even be on the market at all due to the industry-leading car manufacturers focusing completely on electric alternatives right now. And, of course, cigarettes due to its obvious competitor e-cigarettes, which is already being picked up by youth around the globe. So um, it's quite likely that we just won't be seeing acoustic cigarettes by
0: 2030 anymore. <laughs> acoustic cigarettes, I love that. I mean, I'm... Uh- You hear that? Ooh, (laughs) that's going to kill you. Yeah, no, it's going to kill me. Anyways, um, much slower
1: (laughs) than actual cigarettes, so there's that to be happy about.
0: There you go, there you go.
1: So uh, we just had a kind of, we had some pretty chill examples, you know, just uh, talking about some objects that won't be around much longer but uh, if we want to take it a step up onto some larger scale let's take a look at this. So to start the Great Barrier Reef in Australia stretches over 2300 kilometers in the ocean and some even call it the world's largest living thing but due to rising temperatures over the past 30 years the reef has lost half of its size already and by 2030 it's estimated that the Great Barrier Reef will be completely destroyed with no vibrant colors to remain Anymore. Um, another one: the Amazon rainforest, which is the world's largest rainforest, covering an enormous 1.4 billion anchor acres—not anchors.
0: That's a lot of anchors.
1: <laughs> so many anchors, man. Who put them there? <laughs> Brazil, Bolivia, Peru, Ecuador, Colombia, Venezuela, Guyana, Suriname, and French Guiana. This massive ecosystem filled with possibly millions of species of wildlife has lost 34 million acres already since 2005 and could disappear within 50 years if nothing else has changed. And lastly, a popular one, uh, Venice, Italy, known for its rich culture and beautiful architecture may very soon be underwater due to the rapid rising of sea levels. So this might come as no surprise since the city experiences aqua alte or high waters during the months between October to March, flooding the lowest parts of the city to knee height for hours at a time. And this is a regular occurrence. Um, although very recently, uh, the city actually added a deployable water barrier that can block high tides rising up to 187 centimeters. This And uh, so that's pretty good for the city. And luckily they haven't been experiencing any flooding due to this new system, but this will not hold up against climate change. So uh, most of the, um, Ideas that I've talked to you about, or actually all of the ideas that I've talked to you about, um, have been taking place over decades and decades, but uh, they all point towards effects of climate change. And so, the tricky thing about the future is that nobody can really predict it, and absolutely nothing is set in stone, but these effects do come from a human cause, and things don't change unless behavior changes. So, um, it's likely that these will progress, But uh, to take it even further, I want to just throw you guys deep down into the future and uh, the things that we are experiencing today that the future just won't be experiencing. So to start it off with a little bit of a depressing point, so humans have a 95% probability of being extinct 10,000 years from now according to Brandon Carter's doomsday argument which argues that half of the humans who will ever have lived have probably already been born which means that we're on the other end of that now. And 100,000 years from now, our constellations will no longer be recognizable in space since uh, the shifting of stars and Earth. And instead, if humans choose to, there may be new constellations. Another one is the red supergiant star Betelgeuse It will be exploding in a supernova, and it will be lasting for a few months. Um, And so the supernova will be visible from Earth, even in daylight. So, you know, grab your sunglasses and just kick it in your backyard. Watch a supernova happen, you know, no big deal. Um, So this actually occurs most likely within a million years, and perhaps even as little as the next 100,000 years. So uh, keep your eyes open. Beetlejuice really could just be passing by at any moment now.
0: Yeah, apparently it'll look like... um... Uh, a second sun in the sky and like you said it'll be even visible from daylight so that would be that'd be crazy
1: yeah you gotta stock up on that spf 120. (laughs) so let's get really crazy here 80 million years from now hawaii will have completely submerged and will no longer be visible um from you know above the ocean of course and uh to take it even one more step further, 100 million years from now, Saturn will no longer have its rings due to dust either being forced out into space or being sucked into Saturn due to its gravity. So uh, that's just to once again throw you down the massive cosmic scale of our universe and stepping 100 million years in the future is not even a step close to 1 billion. So. Uh, past that, I mean, you could go on and on and on, but uh, we thought we wanted to keep it short. With a hundred million years, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy, nothing too out of the realm of possibility. And uh, really, if you want to see even more about this, you can look it up because uh, just the science that proves what's going on out there, you know, either tomorrow or a hundred years or a hundred million years from now. Um, it, there's information out there. I, I don't know why they do it sometimes, like billions and trillions of years from now, but that information is out there. So you can find all sorts of things of what's happening and what won't be happening.
0: Yeah, and and, and I I honestly think all of this is to say, specifically, you know, the constellations no longer being recognizable and Hawaii being gone and replaced by a new island chain and, and uh, Saturn no longer having its rings. There's also um, Mount Rushmore will eventually erode away. Uh, Niagara Falls won't be there anymore. It'll erode all the way down to Lake Erie and just become, you know, just another waterway. Um, Badlands National Park will erode. Uh, all of this is to say as, as sad as it is that so many of the interesting things that are coming in the future, um, are things that nobody alive today will be able to experience. Like, you know, humanity casting themselves out into the far reaches of the galaxy and colonizing alien planets and, and, you know, experiencing the formation of milk dramata and all these crazy, interesting things. Um, As sad, as as sad as it is that we won't be able to experience those. It's also kind of comforting to know that, like we said before, each, or like Brad said before, really each part of time, each period in time is very unique. And we have things today to look at and experience and observe that no future generation will, will be able to experience. So, so that, that makes me a little happy, you know, we're in a unique situation as humans will be in, in any period of time, but you know, I think
1: something that I've taken from this is really to be, <laughs> not to be corny, but to be grateful for our circumstances and the things that we experience in this day, in this time, and in every day, because you never really know what could happen, and uh, things are constantly changing, and all we really can do is just sit along and enjoy the ride, so why not do just that? Mm-hmm.
0: That's all we've got for today. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on SoundCloud,
1: Spotify, or wherever else you find your podcasts. And be sure to check out our website at didn'tknowpodcast.com before time runs out. I'm Brad Ball.
0: (laughs) I'm Alessa Danini. We hope you learned something.